Welcome into another edition of Sport Ball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. I'm Sam. With me, as always, are these two dicklets, Seth and Kyle. Come again? And I hope you're both doing terrible today. Wow. I had no classes today, so <laughs> I slept until about two in the afternoon. I didn't really sleep until two, but I didn't leave my bed until two in the afternoon. So Nice. He was sleeping until 159. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> did you shave? You look great. I did uh, yes- uh, wow. yesterday. Something like that. I think Monday. Yo, they got this new. They got this new joint at Starbucks. This is a cinnamon shortbread. I have this Great. new joint in my house. Impressed. Seth's <laughs> not going to be paying attention. Seth's not going to be paying attention this entire time because he's watching the Celtics game. Well, oh, that's yeah, part of this poorly. At least I'm not making pizza. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I would like to say also for um, those listeners amongst us who might not be watching the video feed that. I am, in fact, only wearing a flamingo shirt and a smile. And nothing else. <laughs> None of you are paying attention. We're recording a podcast, and I'm just talking. I am paying attention. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> I'm, just, in, <laughs> I'm in constant... It's not funny. It's a fact. I'm naked. I'm okay? in constant contact with our possible guest, and he's not going to be on tonight. So, shout out Merlina. Right. You'll be on next time. Spoilers for next time. All right, so this is going to be a two-part episode, you might say. It's going to be one part. Which <laughs> is it? Two different topics. Two whole and different topics, talk- one podcast? Very rare. Unheard of. It's going to be um, half NBA All-Star preview and half NFL Conference Championship preview. So let's start with the NBA because I assume our five want- listeners want to listen to that first. Um, so we want to talk about our picks for the All-Star team starters and just kind of have a discussion about that. So I just guess I'll just go first. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's, talk, let's go guards first. I think this was tougher to pick for me than Fords. So you have to pick, for those listeners who don't know, three front court players and three backcourt. Three backcourt players. Six, six players on one six court. For the <laughs> <team>. <laughs> so you, you have to play... Uh, two guards and three front court players, which is a little better than having to play a center, but we can talk about that later. But my two guards are Kyrie and Kemba Walker. Um, I think that. Do we think there's even an argument against Kyrie? Do you guys all have Kyrie as one of your guards? I have Kyrie. It's. I feel like for some reason picking guards in the East was like one of the hardest things. Just even picking two of them. It's like picking guards in the East. Yeah, I think that. Uh, so, who do you guys have as guards first? We'll go. We'll start there. I also have Kyrie, as I said, and second one was tough, but I went with a uh, big boy Ben, big Sim- Ben Simmons. I yeah. uh, I'm agreeing with Kyle on this one. I think Sam, you you took Kamba as your second guard, and I, I did. That makes sense, but I feel like he was just hot for a little while and has kind of cooled off. And if I'm just asking myself which is the better player, which is exactly what I'm asking myself, because that's what the All-Star game is for, I would take Mr. Simmons. Yeah, I I still don't have a problem with taking Simmons, but I listen, Kemba's, Kemba's averaging, uh, he's at 25-4-6, and six, and I don't know, if you're averaging 25 points in the East, you don't get to be a starter? I mean, I don't know. And his supporting cast is much worse than these two. I realize his team is much worse. They're in the eighth seed right now. But 
you know, he doesn't have a lot to work with. I mean, who's the second best player in the Hornets? Is it Bridges already? Uh, it's like just asking that question makes you think about how bad their team is. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, They've had some injuries though in their uh, in their backcourt with um, a couple shooting guards, which hasn't helped them, but. To be named later. Uh, yeah. I just forgot their names like you knew I did, and I was just going to pass over it. You had to Breeze say something. Past it. Um, I was looking at Ben Simmons' basketball reference page. Do you know he apparently one of his nicknames is the Wizard of Oz? Those basketball reference nicknames are just unbelievable. I feel like over 90% of them people have never heard of. Is it like I mean, Wikipedia is just... where you could just go in and change them yourselves? Maybe, maybe. I mean, one of his nicknames is just Benny, which is just, everyone calls a Ben Benny, so I don't think it's really a nickname. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, ben, Ben's averaging 17, 10, and 8, and his team is a four seed, and they're much more talented than Kemba's team. So, I mean, I could see the argument for Ben in that he's a better all-around player, uh, certainly better defensively, and rebounding and assisting. Basically, every aspect of the game is better. So what? What does that make him? But... I just think if you're averaging 25 and lifting your team to an eighth seed with that lack of talent, I think you deserve to start in the East. I guess that's fair, but I just think Ben Simmons, you know, he obviously, like you said, supporting cast, better everywhere. But I just think, like, his peripherals kind of toss him ahead of Kemba, in my opinion. Yes, he's not a pure scorer like Kemba is, but... The way he distributes and rebounds the ball and can defend kind of just pushes him in front. For sure. So I, I don't remember, have a problem with picking Ben either. I remember, like, I think in one of our first podcasts, we were talking about point guards, and I was saying that John Wall is a poor man's Russell Westbrook, and Kemba Walker is a poor man's John Wall. So I think that's kind mm-hmm. of flip flopped, where you definitely rather have Kemba than John Wall. I mean, a lot of that has to do with, like, off-the-court stuff and uh, contract. But Kemba will be up for a big contract next year. And so I wonder if two, three years from now we're talking about the Kemba Walker contract in similar ways that we're talking about the John Wall contract now and that Charlotte is just going to be hamstrung with this enormous max contract for a point guard who is a score-first player and – is a star, but not actually good enough to get them past mediocre, which doesn't really for sure. The Hornets, yeah, picks, but just something I was thinking about. Yeah, I mean the Hornets are going to be in a tough position at the end of this year because with Kemba playing so well, okay, do they have to offer them the max? And you know, if he turns it down, they're screwed. And then if he takes it, they're are not screwed, but they're pretty handicapped because a lot of their money is going to go to Kemba and not a lot of all-stars are going to want to play in Charlotte. You know, not a lot of free agents are going to want to come to Charlotte. And can you win big with Kemba as your best player? I mean, not with this team, you know, certainly. And we haven't seen a good supporting cast around it, but I, I would doubt that you could. So that's a very big question at the end of this year. But, I mean, I just think he's had a great season this season. I'm, I'm not worrying about the future right now. <laughs> but... um Speaking of Ben Simmons, so it's he's only a guard this year. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Last interesting. Last year, he was listed as a guard and a forward for all-star purposes. 
Do you guys think that we should just get rid of positions completely for all star voting? I think with the way the positions completely for everything. I agree. You mean even like sexual positions? Yeah. (laughs) There's no such thing as that. There are no more sexual. Put the kids to bed. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think. I mean, teams don't. That would be a little extreme, but. (laughs) Basketball is transitioning to like a positionless sport, pretty much. What we see with all these teams running small ball lineups and stuff like that, like tonight. The what Houston started, they had James Harden, Eric Gordon, and then basically three small forwards. But you had Tucker at the five, Gary Clark at the power forward, and um, my God, who am I forgetting here? Daniel House, maybe. No, House actually is sent down to the G League. Really? Yes. Really? Uh, they didn't agree on a contract for him. Yeah, makes sense. Austin Rivers, jeez, Austin Rivers was shooting guard. Eric Gordon was uh, their small forward. So it's like those aren't typical; they're typical positions, and they're just listed as that for one game because that's technically where they started, but that's not what they're playing. Right? Like, why can't I put? Why can't I put Luca as a guard? Right? And why can't I put? Why can't I put LeBron as a guard? Why can't I put Giannis as a as a Giannis? You know, it's just. Valid points. That's the way basketball is working right now. What about, should we just get rid of the, the conferences, too, for all-star picks and just pick the uh, the best the players? The 10 best players? Conference? Well, because they're not even drafting teams for the all-star game based on conference anymore. The top two vote-getters in each conference draft their team, and then they're the team captain, but they might be playing with East and West players. So if that's the case, why even split it up into East and West for voting, right? I agree I'd with just you. like to point out that Kyle just took a swig out of a mug with udders as feet. <laughs> it's utterly delicious, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we I also, make it a video podcast as well for times like of that. Of course, for all, those, for all those video lovers out there. I feel like because if we split it the way it is split into East and West, it's pretty hard to get to 12 – East All-Stars. Like, we're only talking about the starters right now, but in the East, like, Vucevic is basically a lock to make the All-Star team. (laughs) And then it's, like, Pascal Siakam, maybe? You know? It's, like, you're really grasping at straws, whereas the West, you definitely have 12 solid players that you feel comfortable, where you might even think twice about putting Russell Westbrook in or DeMar DeRozan, or players you might think that should definitely make the All-Star team. Right? So, I mean, I would certainly propose that we move off of this conference system and i, I agree some with you even say we should move off the conference should we just take over the altogether. nba uh league office i'm surprised they haven't asked us maybe they haven't listened to the podcast <laughs> maybe i'll send it to adam silver's people <laughs> uh all right let's move on to forwards i think this is pretty this is really easy for me i don't know about you guys i just put in Giannis, Kawhi, and joel Embiid. I don't. Are there any other real candidates that we feel strongly about? No. Just to be clear, this is front court, not forwards, because Joel Embiid is a center. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'll what forgive I you. <laughs> Did I say backwards? You said forwards. <laughs> you get it. I do. It's like kind of like back. <laughs> I put you in a trap. A word by. <laughs> I walked right into it. You fool. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, we all have those three then for our front court. Mm-hmm. I don't really know who else you would have. 
other players, perhaps. But let's move on to the the West then. Um, for the guards, let's start with the guards. With for the West, this one was actually real easy for me as well. I put in Steph and James Harden, and I didn't really think twice about either of them. You guys have any qualms with that? None. No, I put the same thing, but I, when I was thinking about it after I submitted it, uh, it's very interesting that I didn't even think about putting Russell Westbrook in, even though he's once again averaging a triple double. <laughs> it's just like, well, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about Russell a little bit because I heard on like some podcast they're talking about he was maybe um, a fringe All Star, and it's funny to me because he's putting up. 22-11 and 11, really. And if you look at, say, let's look at Jokic's numbers, right? You know, he's putting up 20-10 and 8, we'll say, right? And obviously, it's more impressive to have an all-around game when you're a center. But this is an example of a player who's not scoring, you know, an elite level, but does a lot of things. And we consider him, wow, definitely an all-star, maybe first-team all-NBA, and then we look at Russell and we say barely an all-star when he's not scoring as much as he usually does, but he's still averaging 11 assists and 11 um, rebounds a game. So I think, could it be that he's underrated now? I mean, I understand that like why people are saying he's a borderline all-star is because he can't hit the broad side of the barn this year. I mean, he's shooting 22%. Yeah, he's playing three. terribly. <laughs> he can't shoot from anywhere. He can't even make... Until this week or the last week, he was shooting like 50% from the free throw line. Yeah, so I can understand, you know, right, that that's a consideration. I just think that maybe we're not talking much about that he's still so great in those ancillary uh, categories, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably one of those roller coaster things where he was overrated for a little bit, and now maybe he's a little bit underrated, and we need to just not be such prisoners of the moment and think a little bit <clears throat> more long-term. Like, we get so... There was that one year where he got MVP, and it was because he averaged a triple double, and he basically He's doing is the it same again player since then. But yeah. now it's like whatever; it's old news. Um, and I mean, and that's that, that's what really makes me angry about MVP voting. You know, MVP vote. It, I mean, they should just change the name for the MVP award. But um, <clears throat> I would definitely firmly have him as an All Star. But he's not better than Steph Curry or James Harden, so for sure, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree with that. But I think he might be the third best guard in the West. I mean, maybe Lillard to him, probably right. Mm-hmm. I saw today that statistically, the uh, um, Trailblazers with Lillard on the floor are like the first best or the the top scoring. Not top scoring. It can't be right. Let me just find this, and I'll bring this back up. Sorry. In podcast researching. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he really hits his stride. <laughs> um, I was going to mention that. Can we just give a little love to Steph? Uh, sure. First of all, another nickname for him on basketball reference is Threesis. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's averaging 35 and, 35 and 6. Not 35 points, mind you. 30, comma, 5, comma, 6. Uh, he's 50, 45, 92. <laughs> so he's shooting 50% for the field, 
actually 46% from three and 92% from the free throw line. Like, he doesn't get enough MVP love. I know that Kevin Durant's on his team, but the only way that the Warriors really distance themselves is when Steph takes the reins. Like, this is Steph's team, and he just really stretches the defense in ways that no one else can. And I don't know. I think he should be, like, third in MVP right now. I think there's really... Obviously... Three options. Obviously, LeBron should be MVP every year. But yeah, yeah, besides LeBron, which he could have like eight MVPs in a row, there's really only mm-hmm. three options for MVP this year, in my opinion. Curry, Harden, Jokic. I would say Giannis as well. I just think all three of them are kind of, at this point, I would say Giannis above is the Giannis. favorite for MVP right now. Or Harden. Yeah, I think Giannis is the favorite right now, and James is in second. Yeah. I mean, if Harden can keep this up, I don't think there's any way that he doesn't yeah. win. Like, if he averages there's over 35 no points per game, which has been done, how, For sure. what, like, twice or something, ever? For sure, and <laughs> the funny thing about James Harden is that, like, I still dislike watching him play. I love it. And it feels bad to say that, but, like... He's shooting, like, 14 threes a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's putting up 35, you know, and that hasn't really been done since Kobe and, and Jordan shooting guard-wise, right? But they didn't shoot any threes, you know, or barely any. And James Harden is getting a lot of his points off of step-back threes that are extremely difficult. And he's putting up 35, 6, and 9 right now. Yeah. I mean, the it's incredible. Is... I am enjoying watching him, watching him just will the Rockets to home court advantage in the playoffs. It's really incredible, especially now. I really don't know what's going to happen without Capella for four to six weeks, most likely closer to six. Like that was the bread and butter right there was James Harden three or pick and roll easy dunk for Capella. So, yeah, CP three better come back soon. I don't know what they do when he comes I mean, back. I kind of don't want him to. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. <laughs> I think what it's they like, do is they just use him kind of as the second team leader. And when they're both on the court together, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm just deferring to Harden every time. I'm not even going to try to take a shot the way he's playing. And Yeah. And that's fine. But I don't want Chris Paul to get too much usage in the regular season if I don't need it. Because he's broken down to the playoffs multiple times. And I want him to have fresh legs for the playoffs. I want him to be able to carry the ball handing low when James Harden is exhausted from from shooting 17 step-back threes in 82 straight games. So I don't think he gets exhausted. He seems to have in the playoffs, though, right? I guess in the you know, playoffs. So, yeah. So He's got another 50 we'll points tonight with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. So He has what? 50 points already tonight with three minutes he left does? in the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> the man is unstoppable. It's like... It's not even 15 of 15 from the three-point line. <laughs> or not the three-point line, the, the free-throw line. Holy I shit, I was going to say. What? <laughs> and he only has 50? Yeah, I saw this today, that James Harden currently leads the league in the last month since December 13th in free-throws attempted by over 105 free-throws. And after tonight, that's probably <laughs> over 120. <laughs> Holy shit. It was funny too because a few weeks ago we were we were discussing who could be the um, the top contender to the Warriors in the West, right? 
and we mentioned the Nuggets and the Thunder and the Lakers. I ruled out. I ruled out the Rockets, Rockets completely at that point. Well, we bought them out of as an afterthought, and I think someone said, "Like, well, maybe if James Harden averages yeah, they, forty-five <laughs> points, and that's yeah. essentially what he's doing." Uh-huh. So. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the front court, which is a lot harder to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggle with this. We all did. We've already had several discussions over text about this, but I settled on LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis. Um, but I think two huge snubs for my team are Paul George and Jokic, and I wouldn't argue if you had either of them on your team. Yep. Seth, who did you have? Care to share? <laughs> Is Seth even paying attention, or is he just watching the Celtics? Is that game still on? For me, the uh, the question is like, how much do injuries play in? Like, how do you factor in when players miss time? Mm-hmm. Um, I, Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant are locks in mine. I think <clears throat> those are the you know top five players in the league. Um, and LeBron is obviously the best player in the world, so why would he not make the All-Star game? So the only argument against him is that he's missed the last few weeks. Um, so I think... He- but really, if we use that as st- as a as a category, Steph LeBron has missed 11, 11 games, Stas has missed 11 games, and Kawhi has missed 11 games. So, I mean, what are we talking about here? It's just more recent, so we think it's more games. Yeah, and it feels like he hasn't come back yet, and... So it'll be more than eleven. That's true. He could miss All-Star more game. before the All Star game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think I'd still have him in there. And then next on the list, if LeBron needed a sub, would be, <laughs> you know, if I don't, I'm assuming he'll be back by the time to actually play in the All Star game. I certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. But if not, I'd have Jokic next, and I would not pick Paul George. But I've never been a Paul George fan. <clears throat> Kyle, what's your team looking like? Um, so yeah, like I said, Steph, James, guards, no discussion. Uh, but I originally had LeBron, Paul George, and Jokic, and then as I thought about it, Anthony Davis definitely pref- should be in that Paul George spot. So I have since changed. To LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Jokic. No Kevin, huh? No, I think he's the one that has to get get snubbed. Anthony Davis is just averaging a ridiculous line himself, too. And, like... And Anthony Davis is averaging 29, 13, and 4. <laughs> I know. And what, he's averaging Same, right? almost, like, two blocks or something, too? 2.2 yeah. 2 blocks or something? But I mean, Kevin Durant is averaging twenty-eight, seven, and six. So I really, don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And Jokic it's is so a hard boy. in the West. He's the captain of the Stogie Boys. So I mean, yeah, there's no way I was leaving off Jokic. That was <laughs> he was the first person I locked in. <laughs> Can we have a little Paul George, uh, a little celebration of Paul George though? Because no, I, will I think not this might be his best season yet. I mean, he's at he's at twenty-seven, eight, and four. And a big reason why the Thunder are the third seed, right? And he's a defensive player of the year candidate. He's actually the favorite right now, I think. And yet we have to leave him off the all-star starters. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Because it's the West. But think, if also, he was still in the East, he'd have probably the most or the second most votes. <laughs> right, to be a exactly. Starter. Also, can we talk about the fact that Kevin Durant um, said in an interview that Luka Doncic didn't have to take classes or go to study hall, and he uh, was in high school while he was playing and graduated high school before he came over? <laughs> Uh, I just saw that when I googled Kevin. So, but yeah, I think. Uh, listen, it's a bloodbath in the West for these spots, and there's about there's six players I wouldn't have a problem putting in. Speaking of googling players, have you ever googled uh, Evan Fournier? No, should I be? just Google his last name? I'm scared. Fournier. Yeah, me too. All right, Gene Alfred Fournier is a medical doctor. Did you spell it right? Who specialized in the study of venereal disease? <laughs> Just go to the images. <laughs> images? Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. I don't know if you spelled it right. What What should I be looking at right now? There's a bunch of weird pictures. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the venereal disease. It is exactly. It's gangrene. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you spell his name right? Yeah, I spelled his name right. F O U R N I E R. The first. The first picture is of Samuel Fournier for some reason. Yeah, I was and just talking the about next three- the pictures of the gang green. It's absolutely disgusting. And Evan Fournier... Well, I'm glad you shared that with me. I only say that because just the other day he tweeted, Google me. <laughs> he tweeted, Google I'd love to. I'd love to tweet, just Google me. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to the uh, the Seth Quam All-Stars. The Seth Quam Stars. The, the Seth Kumquats, you might say. Uh, so... Seth came up with these strategies. Seth, do you want to talk about them? Not really strategies. Lay them Seth. out for the fans. Yeah, uh, I said categories. Oh. Categories, yeah. You were holding your phone in front of your face, so I couldn't see your lips. And so then I had to rely you know, on I have your to read mumbling it. voice, which is always <laughs> You know, you can't. Best. If you don't understand my mumble tone, you'll deserve to be on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so I just um, figured, you know, we're getting towards all-star time putting together teams of five and maybe there's some <clears throat> categories for teams that we would could be fun to talk about that we wouldn't you know normally talk about on a traditional all-star team um so i figured it would just be fun it's kind of like a mid-season awards type thing too um yeah not necessarily solely based off of performance this season but just kind of particular skills that we can celebrate as opposed to just who are the best five players um for each conference for sure i put mine personally my five players for each category in no particular order in descending order so i only picked three players from each category okay good (laughs) uh all right so the first category is scariest players on the fast break who wants to go first for this one you might as well start us off. All right. For my number one, keep in mind this is no particular <laughs> order, and yet I went in descending order, of course. So number one is LeBron James. Uh, I've heard of him. Freight train. <laughs> number two, I have Russell Westbrook. What's the Westbrook? Uh, three, I have De'Aaron Fox. Hmm. Four, I have Ben Simmons. And then five, I have Giannis. And then the uh, honorable mention... The corpse bride of Carmelo Anthony. So, I had a similar list. I have LeBron, Russ, uh, Simmons, and Giannis as well. And then 
my another one that I thought of more of like an unconventional fear, perhaps, was Steph Curry because mm. you know that if you're the one guy back, he's just gonna pop up from three and drain it. And if you run That's at an him, interesting he'll way just to think about it. You. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I like that a lot. you're scared because you know that you're screwed either way. But for the other players, you're more scared of like getting dunked on. I, I put De'Aaron in there because I'm not scared necessarily of being dunked on him by him, but I am. he's just so fast. You can't that I keep up he with him. Anyone. Yeah. Who do you have, Kyle? Um, so as I said, I listed three. But hearing you guys talk, I could definitely list five. But the three I had, um, <laughs> LeBron as well, uh, Darren Fox, same here. And I said James Harden as my third. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mainly because if it's one-on-one, like you said, even if it's not one-on-one, it's almost a guaranteed and one if he makes it or free throw shot. So, like, he's getting fouled no matter what. Sure. Um, yeah. Then I'd agree with you with Giannis and also uh, Russ. So no one else said Carmelo Anthony? The corpse of? You said Carmelo? I said the corpse bride of Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> oh, fair. I feel like when he's playing in China, he's probably going to be pretty unstoppable in the fast break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Next category is players who can't shoot, but you'd still want them on your team. So, I don't know about you guys. For, for me, I went with, like, wing or guard players. and didn't really listen to any big man because you don't necessarily expect them to shoot. I mean, some of them, you know, are starting to shoot more, but that I felt like that was more in the in the spirit of the question. Uh, Seth, do you want to start off with who you have? Sure. So, <clears throat> I was thinking about this I when I was thinking of that question, and uh, I think... Nowadays, oftentimes we do ask our big men to shoot. And if you think of a lot of the star big men or the big men that you would want on your team right now, most of them can shoot. So I broadened it that way. But I think there's a couple obvious choices uh, depending on how you define can't shoot. So like Ben Simmons for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say Giannis can't really shoot that well mm-hmm. yep. so you definitely want him on your team i have both those mm-hmm, um, for sure as far as big men clint capella i would still want on my team and steven adams yeah i didn't really put them in because i figured yeah. like another you one expecting their role for them to shoot another one who like used to be able to shoot but apparently can't anymore russell westbrook as we talked about <laughs> earlier I, I thought about yeah i thought about putting him in too <laughs> but yeah. i just figured maybe he'll find a shot again you know yeah, that one's maybe a little iffy because we've seen him shoot well from outside in the past. Um, sure. Kind of the opposite of that. Like, I was thinking about Marcus Smart, but he's actually shot pretty well from three this year. So, I have, yeah, I have Marcus on my list because I still don't think that defense has really respect him shooting. So, it's almost just as bad. It's one of those maybe um, he's shooting well because. Uh, no one's guarding him. I think the the last right. one would be uh, the last like clear one would be Draymond. Oh yeah, I didn't even put Draymond in here for some reason. Even though I love him, I forgot. I hate. I him. put I put Marcus. I put Marcus Smart. I put Andre Roberson when he gets back, hopefully healthy. Um, oh, yeah. I put Ben Simmons, Giannis. I put Lonzo actually because I still don't really think he has a three point shot that's reliable, but I think he excels in other areas. And um, I also have the stiff corpse of Markel Fultz. So, because I think, you know, <laughs> you prop them up in the quarter, and certainly they have to respect that. 
What about you, Kyle? Who do you have? Uh, you guys have listed all the same guys that I've had. and I had uh, Ben Simmons as well, obviously. And I actually did have Andre Roberson myself. Um, yeah. And Giannis. That was my third because I didn't want to do five like you guys. If I was obviously. forced to, I would definitely say Marcus Smart, though. I mean, yeah. he is and shooting 35% from three this year, so. True. That's shocking, honestly. But he's probably still hits the backboard on at least one a game. <laughs> yeah, of course. Also, are you guys aware that two nicknames for Kevin Durant are <laughs> The Servant and Green Room? <laughs> I think I've heard this? of The Servant before, but. Uh, all right. Let's move on to young players who haven't shown much yet, but could still be good. Uh, Kyle, why don't you start us off since we've just taken your three players every time. Uh, yeah, I have Marco Fultz listed for this one as well. Uh, obviously, he has this technically what's an injury, which is kind of preventing him from shooting. But Kyle, would you believe I also have Marco Fultz, but what I have listed is a cardboard cutout of Marco Fultz. So. <laughs> yeah, he could be good too. He could be good too. Um, I have... You know, so this one was interesting. I put Jaron Jackson Jr. He has shown some stuff, but the thing is, I think he could be a lot better. And what he hasn't shown is mm-hmm. the ability to avoid fouls. Once he was does yeah. that, then I think he kind of shoots up the you know the rankings of the younger players. Um, mm-hmm. And then my third was uh, our good old New York Knickerbocker Frankie Nicotine. Nicolina. Ooh, that's a good one. I thought about him too. I just feel like he's a great defensive player. Like, the one game I saw him in person, he just picked up Trey Young full court at the whole time, and Trey Young didn't score. Well, Trey Young's until terrible. Until, like the fourth so. quarter. He is very good defensively, but he just hasn't even given been given the ability to, like, even show himself on offense. Like, mm-hmm. David Fisdale just, like, hates him. I don't understand. I think it's because he is not good at offense. I wonder <laughs> if it's also one of those things, like, the, all the pressure of being in New York City that if he got on a different mm-hmm. team maybe he could succeed a little bit better yeah I almost feel like this question could ask to be rephrased as like which players could really break out if they were put in a different situation mm-hmm. you know which we often see with young players mm-hmm. yeah Seth who do you have on your list um I have both Bridges's Bridges mm, uh Mo Bamba, Mo Buckets. Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Because the man that has a like a seven foot ten wingspan, so how could he not be good? Soaking wet. Soaking I mean, wet he's exactly. shown pretty like decent ability when he's on the floor, but they've just been, as Sam has been saying so much this year, yeah. they've been rolling with um, with Vucevic. Vuce, yeah, Vuce yeah. so much. Like I'm telling you, he's most improved player. He's an All Star this year. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. And then I threw on there uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who I think has mm-hmm. shown some flashes and everything. And I think now he's kind of for sure being overshadowed by Luca. Again, maybe in a different situation, he could blossom a bit more. And uh, and I think he's going to get that soon. He's on the trade block right now. They've they've made it clear that they're open to trading him. So and Kevin Knox, because I hear he's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He just can't, he like can't stay out of foul trouble either. I feel like when he's him and Vonley both, Vonley can't stay out of foul trouble at all. If he did though, I'd say Vonley would average probably like sixteen and twelve if he could stay on the court for like thirty minutes. 
Yeah, Noah Vonley is going. Supposedly, he's on the trading that, block for the are right. You guys aware that Nikola Vucevic, Nikola himself, Vuce, is averaging twenty twelve four and has a twenty six PER. <laughs> I was aware of that. Yes. Oh, okay, then forget I said that. Yeah, you've already forgotten it. <laughs> I feel like the Knicks. Kyle, don't you feel like we could have just put the entire Knicks roster for this question? <laughs> yeah, they probably could have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually good because most of my answers you guys have mentioned. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. Um, just showing flashes of defense, but, you know, he's a rookie. He's still kind of figuring things out on that end. Interesting thing uh, about him, he, apparently he got injured last night, and a report came out really? that said he was going to be out for a decent amount of time. And then within five minutes, another report came out that said he's questionable for tomorrow. <laughs> wow. How does that happen? Well, what could it mean? Um, I have Chris, are we done yet? Done on here as well. Another bull. Because <laughs> so um, I don't think he is. But are we sure he's done? He He's shown flashes of being a great defender. He's always like near the league lead in steals. Offensively, he can run a pick and roll, but he can't really shoot at a consistent level. But I don't know. Given the right situation where he's not the main guy offensively, I think that he can flourish. Um, I have Lonzo on here as well. I think he's shown good things, but I think there's a level that he has yet to reach, right? Uh, I have Justice Winslow on here, who's actually just starting to become a good player for the Heat because he's now their point guard, basically. Mm -hmm. Which I never thought of you know like that but that seems to be the perfect role for him and you know he's averaging like 15 and 7 or something since that happened so i thought about i think that's one of those things yeah i think that's one of those things where he did find the new situation that was right for him with gore not with an injury so i'm excited to see what he can do with that aaron gordon is a guy that's often mentioned as needing a new situation and certainly he's um, shown flashes of being like a Draymond-like player who can really do everything on the offensive end, but hasn't really. He's just kind of in the morass of Orlando. So I feel like he's shown Yeah, those are just already. a few. Yeah, but it's kind of like Kyle said where with Jaron, where like he's shown a lot, but can you show more? Um, let's move on to the last category, signature moves that are our favorite. This was the most uh, fun one for me, I think. What'd you guys put mm-hmm. for this one? I can start this one off. I have, um, in no particular order, from worst to best, but the worst is Obviously. still good. <clears throat> Pascal Siakam spin move. Oh, I fucking boy, that gets me going. <laughs> uh, when Kyrie does that thing where he runs off a str- a screen and catches the ball on a pass or a handoff, and then immediately pulls up for three and twists in the air. And kind of shoots it off balance, mm-hmm. but then he like lands yeah. perfectly perpendicular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was such a niche thing for a Boston fan to say. <laughs> uh, Luca's step back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Giannis's Euro step, specifically when he dunks it afterwards. <laughs> Would you believe I have that exact thing on here? I have Giannis Euro step dunk. <laughs> and then uh, you got to go James Harden step back. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have, I have James Harden step back and Lucas step back yep. and Giannis Euro step dunk. What else do you have, Kyle? So I, I'm with you guys. The Harden and Lucas step backs are so clean. Um, and then I have the Curry's Curry infamous three turn around and celebrate before it's even halfway into the air. That's a good point. Good one. Um, oh, you had to, I had to put a Stogie boy in here, so I got the Jokic touch pass. 
Mm. Ooh. The smoothest uh, yeah, passes in the league. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. I think this is a signature move slash play. I said LeBron's chase down blocks. I thought about mm. saying that too, yeah. I said LeBron for LeBron, I had the turnaround like over the shoulder jumper that he on the baseline he seems to be able to get to whenever he wants. The LeBron Dirk Nowitzki. Well, I also have Dirk <laughs> fall away off the glass, specifically when it does that teardrop thing when it goes off like the top corner and falls in. You guys were so specific. Boy. Do you okay? Have you guys seen any Dirk games this year? He like when he runs, he like pumps his arms really fast, but his legs move really slow. <laughs> but then he's, he's just like years old. Up. He posts up like guards and just shoots like uh, fallways over them and still makes it. So I still enjoy watching him. I also have um, Sean Livingston disgusting, disgraceful, <laughs> long-armed pull-up. That was on my honorable mentions. <laughs> With his knuckles dragging on the floor, short mid-range. <laughs> I also have some other honorable mentions I think you guys will enjoy. Uh, the Sam Scully fadeaway three with the hand in his face. Mm, yeah. Um, that Kyle Olsen baseline mid-range jumper uphill from the bottom of Nick Cornell's driveway. Money. Uh, Money. <laughs> and the Matt Rossetti banked in three on his first shot back after not playing in a while. So <laughs> It's so a much. classic guarantee. <laughs> if I were to add on to that, I'd have to say the Sam Scully driving through the lane, not looking, throwing it over his back, over the backboard in. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a classic. It goes in more than you'd think. Surprisingly. <laughs> or or the Drew no look at, or not Drew, the Ben no look at the basket shot. I don't understand. Every shot he takes, he doesn't look at the basket. He looks at your feet. I can't defend I mean, the basket's it. not going to move, I guess, you know. <laughs> your feet might. <laughs> uh, all right. So you guys ready to move on to the NFL? Sure. I guess so. So all of you NBA listeners who are just listening for the NBA part, stick around, fools. All right, so... We're going to preview the NFL Conference Championship games this weekend. Um, so, you guys want to start with the NFC game? Why not, huh? We had the Rams at the Saints. This is the afternoon game on Sunday. Uh, Rams favored. Rams favored, I said. With my dumb ass. Saints favored by three and a half at home. Seth, let's start with you. What do you think? Just based off of uh, last round, the last round of games last weekend... I feel more confident in the Rams. Obviously, their offense is not running on all cylinders that it was earlier in the season, notably missing my little Cooper Cup now. Um, He's so small. But uh, I also just have more confidence in Sean McVay to pull out what he needs to do. Uh, And I think that the Rams... Um, pass rushers have the edge over New Orleans. So, obviously, both of these teams are are great. That's why they're playing each other in the conference championship game. (laughs) But I'm going to take the Rams. I don't know. I just have the feeling. Where is this feeling located in your body? It's kind of like... In the soft spot of his heart. (laughs) (laughs) Of which he has four to five. (laughs) Kyle, what are your thoughts? I presume you're going to disagree with us completely. Uh, not really. I, I'm with Seth. I like the Rams. Um, wow. Not, Could we all agree on something nervous. for once? Well, the interesting, like, it's all Seth's points extremely valid. Like, their defensive line last week just completely dominated that game. And 
basically didn't let Ezekiel Elliott do anything. Yeah. Um, so that's good for preventing Mark Ingram, obviously. And I don't think Kamara is going to be able to do much unless it's out of the backfield, which is kind of where he did the best. His best stuff last week was catching passes out of the backfield. Um, what it's going to be interesting, though, to watch is the Rams cornerbacks try to cover uh, Mike Thomas, whose yeah. Twitter handle is at can't guard Mike. Um, <laughs> well, there's your answer right there. You yeah. can't guard him. <laughs> uh, I know Marcus Peters hates him, so I have a feeling this game might get pretty chippy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I just think Sean McVay, he's just so innovative. Like, last week, his... Um, his jet sweeps and stuff opened up so much on the offensive side that Jared Goff didn't even have to do too much, which mm-hmm. was good for him because of how good the Dallas like pass defense and stuff has been the entire season. And the Saints' pass defense is not very good. So if it comes down to Goff having to do a little more, I'm a lot more confident this week than I would have been last week. And last week, he didn't even have to do much. But... Right. I think it's going to be interesting with the running back situation because they said Gurley is barely going to practice this week, but he looked completely healthy last week. So I don't, I don't know what he they're doing. Need yeah, I guess not. Probably he's has a month basically of rest at this point, and they're um, saving him for this game. Yeah, and Anderson looks like he ate three people before the game, but he still went out and put over. <laughs> oh my rushing god! Yards. When did Anderson get so large? <laughs> After getting dropped by two teams, you know, there's nothing else to do than hope you get picked up by a contender and just stuff stuff your face with people listen cj must have eaten a mother anderson am i right (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i I, i'm gonna pick the rams in this game too and since all three of us picked the rams i can only assume the saints are gonna blow them out by 30 absolutely but they were my super bowl pick at the beginning of the year and they haven't really done anything to dissuade me I mean, they have looked a little shakier as of late, but I'm still going to pick them. I'm a little nervous about Goff. Um, I'd definitely be more confident if Breeze was my quarterback. And it is tough to beat the Saints at home, but I feel confident that Sean will come up with a game plan to to beat the Saints. And, I mean, he's got to be the new sexiest man in the NFL, right? Uh, not anymore. Would you oh, believe? Matt Nagy's bald head under the visor? Yeah, no. Got it. The Cardinals' new coach, my guy Cliff Kingsbury, he has to, he, he looks like, um, what's his name from the ti- the Titanic, not the Titanic, yeah. Ryan Gosling. Yes, wait, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling. No, no, I'm glad you knew. That's who I meant, though. I meant Ryan Gosling. So I'm glad we were on that same wavelength. I got you, man. He's not from the Titanic. He's from uh, the Notebook. Yeah, yeah. But there were notebooks on the Titanic. I assume. Exactly. So you know, correlation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this, so... Oh, funny story before you get into this. Uh, that's how Megan knows we were watching the Rams game last weekend. And she was like, Uh they showed Sean McVay. She's like, and that's, you think like he's the hot looking one, right? I said, well, (laughs) not the top anymore. She said, oh yeah, that's right. You think the guy in Arizona is hotter now? Yeah, (laughs) thank you. I'm glad you're learning. (laughs) She knows you so well. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um... The funny part about this game, too, is that these are two, you know, vaunted offenses throughout the season that really haven't looked that great as of as of late, right? And now they're facing up against each other. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. 
I I'm a little nervous about no one covering Michael Thomas too because um, what's his face? Oh my God, I'm pulling a collar right now. Marcus Peters has not been good this season, I, and Aqib Talib yeah. got injured and is he fine now? I mean, he hasn't looked great either. So their past events hasn't looked as good as I thought it would. So I'm I'm pretty nervous about that. I think there's almost no way that he's not like doubled though. He's for sure going to yeah. be doubled, but that kind of scares me too because, well, so last week Ted Jin. Jin Gin, however you'd like to say his name, it really doesn't matter. Tomato, Ted tomato Gin is his name. Um, yeah, he could have had like a hundred twenty something receiving yards and a touchdown, but mm-hmm. Breeze, his arm doesn't look as strong as it used to. Like he missed him a couple I mean, times like on 39. a deep pass. Like he just underthrew yeah. him because he didn't look like he could get it there. But like I said, if they're gonna double Mike, it's gonna open up some shots again. And if Breeze can get that arm strength just going for one or two times that game. He could hit him deep. Yeah. I feel like we've only given points to back up the Saints, and yet we're all picking the Rams. So I think that's what you call good analysis. Um, let's move on to the AFC game. So that's the Sunday night game. Patriots at Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by field goal. Um, we got Bill versus Andy. We got Patty versus Tom. Four men enter. All of them leave. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think about this game, Kyle? What do you think? I absolutely hate that the Patriots keep posting stuff about them being underdogs. Like, Tom Brady's been in the AFC championship game, what, like 16 straight years or something now? Eight, but, you know, you're only having there. (laughs) Eight straight, but, like, really, 16 total or something crazy? I don't know. Um, But... It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a shootout for sure. Um, I don't know what was up with the Chiefs defense last week, but it looked like incredible. But I guess it's kind of how it's been all year. At their home defense has given up like 12 less points than they have on the road all year long. So, um, But still, I don't know how that's going to relate to them having to play against Tom and Belichick. Um you got Tyreek that could take the top off a of defense at any time. Travis Kelsey could have had, like, 15 catches for 175 yards last week if they needed him to because he was open every single play. Damian Williams looks incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Good thing he got paid, you know. Uh, hopefully Spencer Ware. I, I don't think Spencer Ware is going to play. Like, they ruled him out last week. The way Damian's playing, I don't think there's any way they even, like, give him a shot. Um and obviously you got Pat Mahomes, good old Patty. Patty, he makes some of the craziest throws I've ever seen in the NFL. Like the amount of definitely slow mos that they showed that game of him behind one of his linemen and not being able to see a receiver or see where they're going and sidearm throw it past the lineman, perfectly leading on a receiver. It's just incredible. It's like you're not seeing almost really... anyone else in the NFL make throws like that. It really gives me a football boner, I'll tell you that much. It gives me more than that. Is that a boner shaped like a football? or? Yeah, did I stutter? Okay. Uh, <laughs> my feeling with this... Wait, so Kyle, you're taking the Chiefs? Uh, you guys are both taking the I'm Chiefs, gonna take right? I'm going to take the Chiefs. Seth, you're taking the Chiefs, right? Yeah, my feeling with this is I'm, I'm hesitant to bet against the Patriots until you actually see their dynasty start to falter um, or lose before getting to the but Super Bowl. This... 
But even if they, they lose in this game, it's not like the dynasty is faltering. They still made it to the championship game. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they missed the playoffs or something. Um, yeah. But it just seems like over the years, everyone who like doubts the Patriots ever ends up paying for it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with this team and specifically with Patrick Mahomes, he's just been exceeding expectations every step of the way all season. And anytime someone puts a roadblock in front of him and says, you can't do this, he just does it over and over. So I really think the Chiefs are going to pull this one out. And it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Patriots after this. Probably they'll be right back in the AFC Championship game again next season. Who knows? But it could be, you know, one sign that they're beginning to lose their chokehold over that conference. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Like, the Chiefs are the one seed, and they're a really good team. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots lose, but still are in this position next year. I just feel like everyone's like, oh, this is the end of the dynasty. I'm like, well, let me see them not make a championship game, and then it'll be the end of the dynasty. You know, I don't think necessarily if they lose this game, it is. But that being said, Tom Brady is getting up there in years, so maybe, you know, we just start to see more of a decline next year. Uh, Sidebar to this. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win the MVP, and he's basically a rookie. Has a rookie ever won MVP? Well, he's, he's not a rookie, rookie though. Right now. But I no, know what I'm you're tired saying. of this talk. He played one. He played one game last year. I just. I'm not saying he is a rookie. I'm just saying let's compare him to other rookies who won the MVP. Just for the sake of conversation, this is a, a podcast. It's about conversation, you know. True. I could look for you if you want to banter Kyle, for a couple minutes. Yeah, please, you're I think in it's, our in-house podcast researcher. The reason I think it's silly he to looks up, compare him to other rookies is because I think you're underrating how much you can gain from being on an NFL team for an entire year and working out to play football without doing anything else for an entire year and practicing every day, throwing football and learning from all your teammates every day and playing in a game and being a quarterback of a team. <clears throat> And those are all valid points. Maybe yeah. I, I mean, but like young players would want to be. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly incredible. It seems rare that to me. he's this young and played that well. But it's not at all. Players the same in their first full first season, season winning MVP. That's got to be rare, right? <clears throat> it, I'm not disputing at all, like the rarity of it or the fact yeah. that he's like a once in a generational talent. Um, and certainly he's done more in his first season as the starter than like basically any player ever has but he's not a rookie and we shouldn't compare him to rookies. yeah that's that's all that's all i'm saying i think we're in agreement yeah uh, so uh i don't think any rookie has ever won nfl mvp um Lawrence Taylor won Defensive Player of the Year as his rookie year. That's the only thing I found that's been close. <laughs> and Dan Marino was in his second year when he won. So that's kind. Of, it's not really the same thing because he's also started uh, nine games the year before. But he did put up that year uh, five thousand yards and forty eight touchdowns. Is that good? I think that's pretty decent. Uh, <laughs> what did Mahomes, Mahomes this year did? Five thousand and fifty, yeah. almost fifty one hundred, yeah, and fifty touchdowns. I mean, I'm just saying this is unprecedented. You know, oh, one hundred percent. Not tough. 
I don't know if it's talked about that much that how young I don't know I feel like people aren't treating him as almost a rookie just because he's so good already but it's honestly ridiculous when you think about it it's insane when you think anyway, about it anyway that all that being said I'll take the Patriots <laughs> I was just gonna say <laughs> if you're not gonna I was gonna play devil's advocate um I was looking I can't play devil's advocate to myself no you know, but so but I can um and <laughs> so one of the football guys I follow on Twitter who I've talked about before, Warren Sharp, who does a bunch with like team analytics and stuff, he posted this the other day where so this uh Patriots use the sec have the second highest usage in the NFL of twenty one personnel, which is two running backs and one tight end. And mm-hmm. Kansas City is the worst defensively against twenty one personnel. And their first matchup of the year when they were using this, they had an eighty percent success rate when passing with 15 and a half yards per attempt and zero sacks taken and their rushing success rate was 65 percent with over five yards per carry so if they keep running that um it's going to be tough for kansas city to defend when tom brady is you know that efficient and not they're not being able to get pressure on him um so i can see you know the patriots are smart enough to know to take advantage of that and do it. That's what Bill Belichick does. So um, I could definitely see them winning the game, but for some reason mm-hmm. I'm just such a Patrick Mahomes truther, and since the Colts are now out, um, I have to stick with the Chiefs just because of you know the ability that Mahomes has shown all year to really just you know take the game in his hands and find any any way to win except for a couple games but they were close games my real reason for taking the chiefs is because last week sam went against all of his principles and he picked the chargers even though he's been an outspoken hater of philip rivers and he always picks the patriots he has too many children (laughs) he always picks the patriots and then didn't and so now i think the universe is going to come back and punish him for that again even though they punished him last week by letting the Patriots That's win. Fair. So now he's going to go back to the Patriots as if he can just <clears throat> waltz in there after deserting them last week and expect them to win for him, but it's not going to happen. Well, the thing you need to realize is that I have no principles. So Should have known. It really. D- <laughs> Speaking of uh, too many Kyle. children, did you see this news with Devin Booker that just came out yesterday? No. He both got no, he too many his Instagram side chick and his girlfriend's high school sweetheart pregnant at the same time. Not at the same time, same time, but the same, you know, within days. You don't Thanks. know. It could have been at the same time. You might be right. Sounds like a uh, Kyle, I need to look, rough situation. I need you to look up something for me, Kyle. Hit me. What is the Chiefs' defense ranked rushing against the rushing against the pass? Uh, all right, one sec. Because I'm pretty sure they're 32nd in one of them, and I think it's rushing. Uh, that's like my main. That's like my main argument against them. Um, I'm picking the Patriots because I have no principles, and I want to crawl back to them and beg for forgiveness. Um, in a but Pat. In DVOA, they are the worst team against the rush, allowing almost 10% uh, production over the NFL average and 12th against the pass, surprisingly. 
So they're 32nd in rushing, and they're playing a player in Sonny Michelle that just rushed for 140 yards and three touchdowns. I'd be a little concerned about that if I was a Chiefs fan. Um, I could I mean, have rushed for tough. 130 yards and at least one touchdown last week with the holes that <laughs> Michelle had to run through. <laughs> Did you see how wide open the field yeah, was for him? I mean, blocking is part of it, though. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be tough to root against Patty. I'm going to be nervous all game. And I think that Arrowhead has a great home field advantage, one of the best in the league probably besides, like, I don't know, Seattle and, and the Saints, the other the other game. But I know that Bill's going to have a great game plan. And by Bill, I mean Bill Scully, obviously. <laughs> um, and I think that <laughs> this, is a, this is a fun little change in the guard, perhaps, game with Tom Brady being the greatest of the older generation of quarterbacks and Patrick Mahomes most likely being the greatest of the new generation of quarterbacks. Um, but I just think that the defense of the Chiefs is a problem. I think that it's it's going to be extremely cold, which I don't know if you want to put too much stock in weather, but you know I think that might limit the offensive output of both teams, which favors the Patriots, I think, because they need to stop that great Chiefs attack. Um, and I think that... Uh, Andy Reid's bound to screw up something in the last two minutes. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I. It's tough to root against, It's tough to pick against the Chiefs, but uh, you know what? I'm a man who sticks to my principles, as we all know. So, <laughs> except for last week. <laughs> I just don't want to see the Patriots in the Super Bowl again, dude. I kind of do. I love dynasties. You know, I it's nice. Hate when they're the dynasty. It's, it's good to have someone to hate. You know. I guess except so. you love them. Feel about. Golden State too. I yeah, except them. I love them because I'm a sellout, of course. Um, all right, so I think that's it, guys. Do you have any last thoughts, Seth? <laughs> I do not. So he, does, <laughs> he doesn't. Seth, say that thing that you you stop saying, what you always used to say. You always used to whisper in my ear late at night. Oh, about how this is has been the podcast that no one asked for, no one needed, and no one deserved. That's exactly. it. That's it. On the third day, he rose right. again. 